Welcome back to Train to Win, the podcast produced by the Association for Talent Development, Houston Chapter, inspiring talent development professionals to achieve their full potential. Hey, this is Bruce Abbott, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for the ATD Houston Chapter, and we are getting closer and closer to our 2020 Talent Development Conference and Expo. Of course, it is all virtual, October 27th and 28th, and registration is still open. We would love to see you there. You can visit tdhouston.org. You can check out the agenda, the speakers, uh, sponsorship opportunities. There's also information about the app, and with the app, there's information about the ATD certification program that we will be giving away up to a 16 hundred dollar value for those who are most active in the app and will enter you into a drawing and there's just a lot of cool stuff going on with that we get really excited about it but we hope to see you there we hope you go and register tdhouston.org and that's where you can check out the agenda and the speakers and speaking of speakers speaking of speakers yeah speaking of speakers one of the speakers we have lined up is ruth calabrese she is with ruth calabrese leadership coaching llc As a certified leadership coaching consultant, Ruth now uses her corporate expertise to create transformative collaborations with her clients that maximize leadership potential and performance excellence. Her topic is negotiating skills for collaboration and leadership. Love it or hate it, we have to negotiate every day, and so developing those skills is critical for effective leadership and professional advancement. And our ATD Houston marketing director, Scott Angler, had a chance to sit down with her for a video interview, and so we pulled the audio in for the podcast. We hope you enjoy the interview with Ruth Calabrese. So I am feeling very honored today to be interviewing one of the Association for Talent Development's conference speakers, Ruth, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Calabrese. or Calabrese. If we were in Italy, we would say Calabrese, but we're in America. So apparently, according to my husband's family anyway, we say Calabrese. <laughs> okay, well, I like the Calabrese, and I don't know if this is accurate, but my first thought was your backdrop does look like you could be in Italy. Is that? I wish I was. I think we all wish, well, except for that time a few months ago um, when things were not so great there. I think, I think we all wish we could be in Italy right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like where you look where it looks like you are looks really fun. So that's really <laughs> cool. And I'm, I'm already enjoying this interview uh, before you know, it even starts. So uh, Ruth, we've spoken a little bit and I've, ha- I've really enjoyed just learning about some of your, your professional background and how you really, it looks like you've really branched off to working with um, Texas A&M, um, MD Anderson, but you started uh, working at a company for a while. So before we kind of get into the conference speech, I'd love to just like, let's, let's have listeners learn a little bit more about who Ruth is. I'd like, like to hear about that professionally speaking. Okay, great. Thanks yeah. for asking, Scott. I, um, so I have my own executive coaching and leadership development consulting firm. But before I started my own business, I worked for 20 years in corporate America, specifically the insurance industry, or as I like to call it, my accidental insurance career. So I um, I started in that business um, many, many years ago. And one of the primary things that we do in the insurance industry is we negotiate. We negotiate contracts, fairly complicated contracts, fairly um, complicated business relationships to the extent that there are typically multi-party negotiations. And so um, it was something that I did a lot of work in professionally. Once I became a coach and I was focusing on leadership development competencies, 
I had clients talking to me quite often about their need ultimately to um, develop better communication skills, um, really develop more opportunities to be assertive. And so um, in addition now to focusing on executive coaching and a number of other kind of trainings and workshops that I do in the leadership development space, um, I also focus a lot on negotiation skills as well. Yeah. And as uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before, I loved how you said, and I totally agree with this, is we're always negotiating, whether we want, want it or not. There's always negotiation in our personal and professional lives. And I mean, I don't want to go off on my own tangent, but in my profession and what I've done, you know, educating and helping people at their companies negotiate higher salaries and these kind of skills that I really feel like we haven't really learned and how to be assertive in a way that's, you know, I joke, but it happens. Oh, I need a raise because my rent went up. Isn't a good negotiation skill. And I'm sure you will be, um, addressing some of that stuff. But I'd love to hear, you know, for viewers, so you worked for this company for 20 years and now you've, you know, you've worked with some really impressive company, Rice, uh, MD Anderson, Texas A&M, uh, definitely, you know, some great organizations. Uh, what, was, what was it like working for them, uh, you know, versus working for AIG? How did that transition you into your business maybe? Um, I think one of the things that I bring to the table that a lot of people appreciate is, um, you know, while I am a coach and I do a lot of work on um, organizational development and um, other components that fit well within the coaching space, positive psychology, not a psychologist, not suggesting that I do any of that type of work, but those types of, of, um, of disciplines, you know, work very well in the coaching space. Um, that being said, you know, a lot of coaches who coach in the executive space um, might not have the depth and breadth of the corporate experience that I do. So I find that my clients really appreciate having conversations with me about either their challenges rising up through the ranks in corporate America, or if they're at the top of their game right now, and they're facing a challenge or they're not exactly sure what the next step looks like. Um, there's a lot of appreciation that I kind of bring this corporate background with me. Yeah. To yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I love that because, um, you know, my just working with executives too, I feel like for me too, doing executive coaching, you really have a deeper understanding of what they're experiencing that the outside world doesn't. And, you know, it's, Sometimes there's that saying, you know, like people think have this persona of executives and CEOs and, you know, what I've learned owning my own business, they don't have, they don't have a clue, you know, until you've owned your own business, until you've been in that boat, like what it takes to go there. And like, you know, it's, so it's just nice, I guess, to have that empathy and understanding of what people are experiencing and all the nuances of being in a corporate setting and, I'm imagining so many, well, I already know, I'm not imagining so many loopholes to work around, you know, and just getting really creative within those things. Um, and you're right, there's always negotiation, no matter where we are in life. And we're dealing with it right now on such a grander scale, right? Um, so you're, so the, um, what is the actual title of your speech going to be for the conference? It is negotiation skills for collaboration and leadership. 
And as I was, um, what, what does that kind of, what does that mean a little bit more in depth? Like, that's a little bit more general. What does that mean more specifically? So, you know, exactly like you said, love it or hate it, we negotiate every day. And, you know, in the context of this workshop um, and based on, you know, who I understand the attendees to be, you know, we are talking about people who are, are working in the talent development space who um, are going to be in positions where they're helping other people negotiate their way through their careers or they are negotiating specifically with them on next steps that they want them to take, um, whether they agree or not. So, you know, um, there's a little bit of negotiation that uh, you can help facilitate for others or that you might actually be having yourself um, continuously within your role. Mm -hmm. So the idea here is that um, when we think about leadership skills, in general, um, and that term encompasses a great many areas of competency, um, the ability to effectively and positively get your point across and make an attempt to get other people to agree with you and go along with your proposed method of direction, um, again, whether that's asking for a raise, whether that's, um, you know, trying to get your kid out the door on time, <laughs> to right, not yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever it might be, you know, those are fundamental competencies that are really embedded in both kind of neuroscience, as well as communication styles, as well as the power of positive influence. So. It, negotiation skills, a lot of people tend to try to avoid it if they don't like to negotiate because it feels kind of yucky to them. But I could have just as easily called this talk um, communication, communication skills. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. the type of communication. And it's one that we really need to be skilled yeah. at if yeah. we want to get what we should get out of our lives. Yeah, and I love that so much, Ruth, and I, I, I could go a bunch of different ways with that, but like, I'll go one is the thing that I love about that and, you know, hopefully listeners that are also passionate about all these things and probably work in our industry is, you know, sometimes we just got to address what is as, as it is. Like, look, like you said, we negotiate. We're always selling ourselves, whether we want to or not. So why deny it if we don't like the term? And so sometimes it is easier to digest. And I think this is part of negotiation. Uh, if you think of it a different way, like you said, this is just a style of communication. And, you know, just like, um, you know, in marketing and stuff, people make this marketing out to be a certain way. And there's sometimes like, oh, it's bad or it's whatever. They're just trying to get me to buy something. We're like, well, yeah, it's a business, you know? And so if you could get people to laugh, to smile, whatever it is, like there's also altruistic things within that, but why deny what, you know, the reality? So it's like, don't like make this thing an evil thing that's a real thing in life. Y'all have expenses and needs and, you know, like even negotiating your kids to eat vegetables, right? That's an, an, a negotiation. And so one thing I did love um, 
maybe we could touch on a little bit in your bio, you talked a little bit about humor and employee engagement and talent development. And I'd love to hear more because that's something that I'm big on in my own you know, profession is uh, really using humor as an appropriate tool to help with negotiation and just make things a little easier because you could tell someone to do something or your kids eat vegetables and they're like, no, and you go, no. But if you could find maybe a creative way or a way that you guys could laugh about it, even if it's, I've learned like a stupid policy, right? Hey, you guys have to do this because we need this compliance, right? You could say that, or you could just be like, look, I know this is the dumbest, you know, the stupidest thing ever. It doesn't make any sense, you know, but like, like this is how we're going to do it, you know, and how can we work together to make this happen? So like you can have a little laughter in between. It just, I feel like it sets the stage and I hope I didn't take over the answer for you, but I'm, I'm really passionate about you, about it. Um, and I'm glad I made you laugh with a question. So please, <laughs> please share your perspective because you will be speaking or not. <laughs> I mean, I, um, my style just naturally gravitates towards the use of humor. I, don't know how to um, stand up in front of people for an hour or even through um, a virtual space like this and, you know, be all serious all the time. I mean, it is a, a delicate balance that we have to use and it's really an emotional intelligence skill, this ability to have social skill and kind of read the room. There are some rooms that I've walked into, you know, they're all very senior executives and they're dealing with a very difficult problem. And me cracking jokes left and right is not gonna be, you know, taken right. well. Um, but, you know, when I, I can connect with my audience through the use of humor, um, I primarily do that one because it's fun and it's the way I enjoy to communicate. But two, um, if you can make people laugh, if you put them at ease, particularly if you're talking about a subject with they don't feel particularly comfortable with in the beginning, um, it helps open up their mind. And again, this is neuroscience. Like I'm not making this up. We know that um, when people are put into the right frame of mind to learn and to um, take away some key concepts, and if we can create that right environment with the use of humor, then we know that they get much more value out yeah. of the time, right? I, I feel and I'm always very cognizant of being respectful for other people's time. You've come here today to hear me talk. Um, my commitment to you is I'm gonna make it worthwhile. And uh, let's laugh a little bit while we're doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and I love what you said, Ruth, about what I got out of a lot of your share too was you're being authentic too in your negotiation style and your presentation. And I'm the same way. I, I mean, I think I could even, as I'm listening, even build in laughter more into my interactions because I think somewhere down the line, maybe we all get a little too serious when it comes to professional stuff, right? Or maybe personal. But um, I want to touch on, you know, what you said about like what I got as your authentic negotiating style. And I imagine, well, I know not everyone's like you. And I'm sure you deal with tons of different personalities. Is that something that you touch on as like setting up your negotiation skills to make it more authentic for that person? Does that make sense? Um, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, so 
I'm going to answer that in two ways. Um, one of the things that we will talk about in the workshop is we will talk about their five known negotiation styles out there. Um, and you, because of whoever you are, you're going to have one or two that you're going to just naturally gravitate towards. It fits well with your personality right. or your past experiences. Um, you may have a belief that they've been the styles that have been most effective for you to be successful at the negotiation table. So um, the key thing is, is that when we learn that there are actually more than just the ones that we're using, yeah. uh, that there are other ones, and that there are times when they're great to use in negotiation, and there are times when they are not good to use in negotiation. Um, it's an important, um, uh, you know, bit of learning to take away that that I, I might be kind of using what we call like the peanut butter style or the mayonnaise style, where I just smear my same style over every single conversation when in fact it should be a little bit more nuanced yeah the second bit about that that i would just say is that we all um require the ownership of our power at the negotiation table if we're going to be successful mm -hmm. and to whatever degree you're comfortable with negotiating that's going to have a very direct impact on the level of comfort or power you're going to yeah. believe that you have so there are styles and then there's comfort with power um my hope is that when I train on negotiation skills, um, which I've done to hundreds of people all over the world, is that um, I'm going to help them recapture a little bit of their lost power, if that's been happening for them, and teach them how to do it in a style that feels most natural to them, but also gives them access to multiple other styles that they can use when the situation warrants. And so I love what you said, Ruth, and I'm going to use just an example um, that I hope is going to also help connect the value of what you're saying for listeners in my own professional experience in, in business. So um, one of the things that I got popular for was uh, creating a workshop called the four forms of networking for job searching. And it was kind of like felt common sense to me. Uh, but like I knew that there wasn't just like networking wasn't just like going to like a networking mixer. But, you know, when I was talking to more and more, more and more people looking for work, they would share the same kinds of concerns. And they're like, well, I hate networking. I hate networking. I'm like, you know, being the person I am, I'm like, well, what do you hate about it? You know, so I'd ask the follow up question. Well, what I learned was generally speaking, I'm going to use more general terms, people that were more introverted by nature. Um, they didn't like that. And it felt you know, horrible to them and compound that with the fact that really no one likes job searching. So no wonder why they're not doing eating their vegetables, so to speak. But what I learned was that there's different forms of networking. And so, you know, for someone like that, I was like, look, no one's asking you to go to, I'm not asking you, you know, this clients, I'm not asking you to go to a networking event. What I, what you could do though, is since you love being on LinkedIn all day and we know that that's a high conversion rate to get a job, start, getting in groups because i'm like for me let's say doug i hate that it's straining for me i might do like a little bit of that but i hate it i don't want to be on social media all day going back and forth in some conversation you love that so do it you know and so it like 
you know, every time it would open up people's eyes to see that there's not just one form of networking, in your case, one form of negotiation. And that becomes really empowering unto itself because that person's strength is more of my weakness. And that's what about, I think is the great equalizer, right? Um, and then what I've learned over the years is that like, I have a little bit of all of them. And it's just, again, like a lot of EQ things. It's like, well, when is this appropriate? When is it not? And also just that it's like anything, it's like an evolving balancing act. So it's like, yes, I may need to spend some time doing stuff on LinkedIn, but it might only be two hours a week, you know, whereas like I focus the primary thing on networking these other two ways that feel a lot better for me and have yielded a lot better results. So it's like keeping that in mind that, you know, what, what feels most empowering, what feels most energizing and natural and understanding that we all have maybe a little bit of, these other things would be what I imagine would be really helpful for your audience. Mm -hmm. So I hope that was helpful. That was my intention. And <laughs> uh, I guess the last question I have for you is, I mean, looking over you and please correct me if I miss anything, but um, you work, so you work for this corporation for 20 years and then I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile, right? I'm like, MD Anderson, Texas A&M, Rice University, like a specialized department. I'm like, this lady's, crushing it, you know, and you've had your own business. And so I'm like, you know, what is so special about Ruth other than that amazing backdrop and wonderful smile and persona, but you know, what, what makes, what's going to make, I guess I'm like wondering like, well, what did these um, organizations see in you and what do you think your speech is going to, um, I guess be, what's the, the flavor of the seasoning that's going to make this so special for people? Oh, there's a lot to unpack in that question. Where does I know. Um, so, you know, uh, there's a wonderful saying. Um, for many years, I thought it was attributed to Yogi Berra, but of all the wonderful things he said, alas, this isn't his saying. But, um, you know, I, I would certainly start by attributing, you know, my opportunity to work with some wonderful organizations um, to... The harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> so, um, so there's definitely an element of hard work in this. Um, I think that um, you know I work very intentionally and strategically to continue my own learning journey, which has then put me in the path of other people who are looking to learn and to grow, whether personally or professionally or or with their business. And all of that helps me, like you said earlier, develop this network because I get, you know, 90% of what I do comes from referrals. Other people That's are willing, willing to be my brand champion. The other 10% comes from speaking opportunities, um, which the pandemic really did a great job of kind of, uh, you know, killing that for a while. But I'm glad to be back. Um, but I think one of the reasons why speaking is very helpful for me is that people get to see a little bit of my personality. This is, <laughs> this is what you're going to get. Um, you're welcome. Uh, but I think they'll also notice that, you know, I'm pretty knowledgeable and very passionate about my subjects. And I think that translates and that really results into a return on the investment. And I'm very big on the return on investment because you can't work for 20 years in corporate America and not know that people want to know if they're going to pay you, what is the result? Um, uh, 
And so I try to be very business friendly about that as well. And I, I guess to answer your final question, what are people going to get out of this talk? I mean, my hope is that I'm always asking people, what's your 10%? We know um, that we forget within the first 30 days of going to some sort of a training session, we forget 90% in 30 days. Wow. And 65% of the 90%, we forget by that evening. So I'm looking for you to take away, I want you to love 100% of it, but I wanna know what your 10% is. And 10% is the difference of changing your trajectory just slightly so that over time, it makes a huge difference. 10% can be actually life-changing over time. Oh my God, Ruth. I love so much of what you said. I haven't heard the 10%. Um, when I've done public speak, because I am a professional speaker, I've done workshops, I always love to say, you know, what's one takeaway that you, you're going to use? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just that teacher in us, right? We love, I love applied learning. I'll speak for myself. But uh, um, I guess what I want to say is, how you sold me, and hopefully, you know, the audience might feel similar. So I just met you today, and I'm going to be transparent. I read, a, you know, a little bit about you, and um, I just feel like you're, not only are you very approachable, but like from a business standpoint, why I would want to hear you speak, because like I said, I'm a professional speaker, and so I do have standards of who I want to listen to and choices of who I want to listen to and all sorts of you know, I got invited to other conferences. Obviously, I'm going to attend ATD because of what I do, but um, we all have choices, right, of who to watch and why. And I, I think the thing that stood out to me the most is, is it's going to be enjoyable, but I, I sense this commitment to value in you. And it feels very sincere and passionate. And I imagine that that's probably why a lot of companies have hired you, and that's why a lot of you know, 90% of your business is referrals, which is phenomenal unto itself. That's why I think people should come listen to you because that's what I want to know. How, how are you able to do that? That's incredible. Uh, but um, I think that's, you know, really why I would, why I am going to be listening to you speak is because I know I've already gotten so much value and I know there's going to be more. And uh, that's amazing. So thank you again. Was there anything else you would want listeners to know um, coming up to the conference, which is now in three and a half weeks. Mere, mere weeks away. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no, I think, I think you're getting a good indication now. Um, we're going to have fun and you're going to learn something. I guarantee you're going to have an aha moment, but I probably shouldn't guarantee that, but you know what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give it 98%. How's that? Right. I'll give you a 90% that your 10% takeaway will be an aha. There, there you go. Or that too. I was giving you eight more percent, but hey, 90 is good. So. I'm making up numbers now. Yeah, we'll, we'll over deliver, Ruth. I know you will. Right. So I feel I feel confident. I, I would bet on you. And uh, well, great. Thank you so much again for you know doing this. Um, and if if people did want to learn more about you. Uh, because I found learning about you very, to be very fascinating. Uh, what are some, you know, sites or ways they could do that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn um, at search Reef Calibres. I should come right up. 
Um, you can find me at my website, www.ruthcalabrese.com. I have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and a YouTube channel. Um, stay tuned. We're going to have some film videos um, posted there pretty soon. There's some now, but there's some that will be better um, in the near, the near future. So I'm out there on social media. Please connect with Great. me. Great. Well, thank you again, Ruth. It was a pleasure having you. It was my pleasure. And we want to thank you for listening to Train to Win. Be sure to visit our website, tdhouston.org. You can find out more about our conference. You can find out about our chapter. You can find out how becoming a member can really be a powerful tool. Subscribe to our podcast. You can do that in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. That way you never miss an episode. We would love if you would give us a rating on iTunes or tell a friend about the show. Share it on social media or share it with a colleague. It's Train to Win, a production of ATD Houston. This is Bruce Abbott. Thank you, and we will see you next time on Train to Win.